traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly Show. Yes. We're starting. We're on the air. It's a good time for my boss to come in and have a little chit-chat. Everything okay? Okay. Scared him out of here. Good. (laughs) No, he's a great guy. And uh, speaking of bosses, actually, you know, when most people either, uh, well, when they get fired or they quit or they opt, you know, to take another job somewhere, uh, usually it's a two-week notice thing, right? Yeah. Or or if it's really bad, you know, it's uh, don't come in tomorrow or uh, we packed your things for you. Here's a box. Goodbye. Uh, you know, never, leaving is often not that easy. It's a little bit thorny. It's a problem. I want to have one of those jobs someday where you announce your retirement e- years ahead of time. You know, like university presidents do that all the time. Uh, in 2016, some guy comes out and says, and by the fall of 2019, I shall relinquish my duties as the provost of the university of blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, like what, three years? I mean, who, all right. I, I just let us know. Uh, I, 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 I I envy that, actually, a little bit. In TV jobs, you imagine, right? You see it all the time. Uh, you, the guy who's been on television for decades, you know, the last 30 seconds of uh, his Friday night show. Uh, I won't be in on Monday. Goodbye, and thank you very much. You know, Chris Wallace, by the way. Uh, uh, Shepard Smith, great guy, actually. I like Shepard. I know, ideologically, we're no longer, we no longer have anything in common, but um, he is a great broadcaster and uh, did a lot of... Great things at Fox News and there since the beginning of the channel. And then I won't be in on Monday. Uh, Goodbye, everybody. Um, That's how it works, not only in television, but for most people. It's just it's pretty sudden, Um, except if you are a big shot like a justice on the Supreme Court. He has announced uh, which one again? Stephen Breyer. He's retiring. And uh, that means a great big fat vacancy. But it's a great big fat nothing burger, as uh, the fake news likes to say sometimes, a nothing burger. They think they're being cute when they say that. But it's not a big deal, terribly, uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, they're going to nominate a liberal to replace him. And guess who that liberal is going to be? I'm going to tell you right now. Are you ready? And spread this around because people will think you're, whoa, how did you, where the hell did you hear that? The nominee will be... Vice President Kamala Harris. Yes, 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 and yes. It kills a lot of birds with one rock. Okay? It's going to happen. Now, I could be wrong, but I am hearing from very senior people that they've been engineering this for a while. And this very well could happen. Now, everybody knows that Kamala Harris is a disaster as vice president. You can see it. You can see it. She's miserable, by the way. She's not happy at all. Uh, Nobody likes her. She doesn't like anybody. The people don't like her. Joe Biden, by the way, hates her, and so does Jill. Uh, They've made her life good and miserable. They have leaked nasty stories about her. Uh, People are quitting on her. She's being nasty to people. This is a way out, okay? 
she gets a lifetime seat on the Supreme Court. Lifetime. Uh, nobody can take her out. She will be confirmed. 50-50 Senate, and believe it or not, I think she could vote for herself as president of the Senate. Yep, the last thing she could do is vote for herself. Um, now, is it an admission of uh, a, a huge failure? Yes, but we're kind of beyond that. We're kind of past that. Everybody knows she's failed. She's no good as vice president. It really goes back to, though, if she weren't that mean to Joe Biden, uh, which she was. Let's see here. I got something. on uh uh, cut 31. Listen to her being really, really mean to Joe. So that's where the federal government must step the, in. The that's why we have the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. That's why we need to pass the Equality Act. That's why we need to pass the ERA, because there right. are moments in history where states fail to preserve the civil rights of I all people. I supported the ERA okay, from the very beginning seconds. when Vice I ran President Biden, 30 seconds. All right. So Jill never, ever forgot, gave her for that. Matter, matter of fact, I think Joe Biden himself is quoted in one of those books about the campaign as saying F her. F her or and Jill said she can go F herself. And then because uh, who the hell knows exactly why, but they made Joe pick her and Joe doesn't like her. Nobody likes her. And this is it. It's going to happen. Now, the guy she's replacing, Stephen Breyer, he really is a nice man. I've I've actually come uh, across him in Washington, a very nice man, crazy liberal lunatic, but a nice man. Do we have it? This is the opposite in in temperament, if you will, of Kamala Harris. Listen to this. What's it like to be a Supreme Court justice? Is it a good job? Yeah, it's a job. The biggest benefit of it, particularly as you get older, mm -hmm. uh, is that you take every minute of it very seriously, and it calls for you to put forth your best every single minute. Uh, that was Colbert. What the hell's up with the audience there? Why would they applaud that? Woo! <laughs> but, hey, that was a pretty good Stephen Breyer impression. It is a very big job that you must take every moment seriously. Can I hear that one more time, please? What's it like to be a Supreme Court justice? Is it a good job? Yeah, it's a job. Uh, the biggest benefit of it, particularly as you get older, mm -hmm. uh, is that you take every minute of it very seriously, and it calls for you to put forth your best every single minute. Touchdown. What the hell are they screaming at? What a bunch of... When was that? I think he had a book a while ago. Anyway, so he's very different from Kamala Harris. Kamala, I think this is going to happen. I really do. I put it out on Twitter. Everyone's like, what the hell does he know? Well, I know some things here, huh? Um, all right, so that's that. I want to also address the matter of uh, Eric Adams and his silly crime plan. Um First of all, let's talk about Eric Adams and his arrogance. Who in the hell made him emperor? Nobody. He got 200,000 votes on a Tuesday in June. He's walking around like he's king. 3.1% of 8 million people voted for this guy. He's way too high on his own supply. And he thinks he can fix it like this. Just, just him. And phony reports. Cut 24.
I was a transit officer, began to drive down crime in the 1990s. I'm no stranger, stranger to this subject. I understand this from the inside and the outside. I know how to do this. I know how to do this. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have a damn clue. All right. And by the way, being a cop was seen as a liability by the fake news and by left-wing people for a long time. Hey, I had these conversations, by the way. You know who? A lot of people wanted him to run for mayor. Ray Kelly. Yes, my father. Uh, Some people in the fake news are a little skeptical. Oh, gosh, stop and frisk. Oh, no. But with Eric? Hey, the great thing about Eric was he was a cop a million years ago. Just ask him. Cut three. The fact that Eric Adams was a cop for 22 years really works very heavily in his favor. The public safety thing has become a huge issue in New York. You have someone like Eric Adams, a former cop, saying, focusing almost, I shouldn't maybe not exclusively, but focusing heavily on that issue. He's got a whole different swagger. He's a former beat cop um, and ultimately a captain in the PD. For 22 years, I wore a bulletproof vest and stood on the street corners and protected children and families in the city of New York. There he is again. I'm a hero. I wore this vest. (laughs) You just wore the vest. You stood around and went to press conferences featuring yourself running for Congress. He is a total clown. Interesting, though, how impressed they were that he was a cop. They made a great big exception for him. And you know why? It's very sad. I like to judge people on their character and their talent and their ability and their compassion and a million things you can talk about. But they all talk about the color of his skin, okay? Like that was a big deal, okay? Like that was somehow going to help those two cops in Harlem last week. It's not irrelevant. But that's what it's all about. All right. Well, sad news is because they focused on the superficial and forgot the substance, we have another loser mayor just like Bill de Blasio. Yeah, I know. Fresh face. Wears his clothes real nice, but he's just like de Blasio. And I can prove it to you, actually. So de Blasio had to come out with a great big tough-on-crime package. He always talked it up, but uh, he never really delivered. He would just talk things, talk things up. Now, you're going to hear Eric Adams' plan, and I spliced it together with Bill de Blasio's <laughs> plan to fight crime that he put out uh, April of 2021, less than a year ago, okay? It'll go back and forth between Eric and Bill. Uh, Let's see here. This is cut uh, 20. You got it. Go ahead. We're going to involve every community, every precinct, and our state and federal partners. This plan focuses on the three pieces that are crucial. Our communities, our cops, our courts. We will start by putting more officers on patrol in key neighborhoods throughout the city ensuring that our cops are in the places we need them most intensely. So this is the top 100 blocks strategy. My administration will launch an unprecedented summer youth employment, youth and youth engagement program for summer 2022. As we know that gang violence and gun crimes spike in the summer months. The summer youth anti-violence employment effort. This has been an effort to ensure that young people who are at risk uh, get opportunities for summer youth employment, get steered in the right direction. 
Our city's five district attorneys are critical partners in public safety efforts. And we are asking them to also consider the following actions. First, we ask that they triage gun charges to expedite the process. It will serve as a crucial step towards getting guns off our streets faster. We're launching the joint force to end gun violence. This means all of the different elements of the justice system, a variety of city agencies working together, again, focusing on that small number of people driving violence, focusing one by one on the strategies that will stop the violence, and a particular focused effort with district attorneys uh, to ensure that serious gun cases get the attention they deserve. Gun violence is a public health crisis, and it is one that must be addressed at every level of government. We must see immediate action from Congress on guns. We need the Congress to act on the issue of guns once and for all. We all see it with our eyes. (laughs) You like that? Get the Congress to act once and for all until the next mayor asks for help from Congress once and for all. What a joke. What a big, fat joke. Unfortunately, it's on us. But there's a way out. I'll be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, if you're watching my Newsmax show, I did go through Eric's, Eric Adams. Just call me Eric, uh, his uh, tough-on-crime plan. It's the thinnest thing you've ever seen. It's like some sixth grader who had a uh, 16-page term paper to do, maybe eighth grader, and he only had five pages worth of stuff, so he played games with the margin, games with the font to make it bigger, to stretch it out, and uh, that's what we got here. I mean, it has some real junk in it, you know, like you heard. I mean, uh, summer youth program, all right, that's really going to, that's like that root causes stuff. We need action right now. Stop and frisk, by the way, has essentially been taken off the table. Eric likes to say that, no, no, we just got smart about stop and frisk. No, you didn't. You actually got dumb about it. And now you got to have cops filling out paperwork for a stop. You tell you basically reading people their rights for a stop. A cop has a right. It's in the Constitution. It's been ratified by the Supreme Court, Terry versus Ohio. But nope, Bill de Blasio, of all people, knew better. And he passed it down to his uh, little acolyte here, uh, Adams. And uh, oh, here's something else in this uh, jobs program. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, gun violence, anti-gun violence program. They're going to bring back McGruff, the crime dog. Remember him? Yeah, McGruff. McGruff is going to, you know, take a bite out of crime. That's, you know, oh, kids love dogs. I did, too. I love McGruff with the trench coat and everything like that. And he talked. But uh, it's all silliness. And uh, we need substance. We need real stuff. Now, this is looking rather bleak, isn't it? Uh, Everything can turn around. Everything can turn around. And you know who's really good at that? God. He really is. A friend of mine today reminded me of Romans 8.28. And by the way, Irene, if you're listening, I have not forgotten about you. Um, we're sending Irene a beautiful Bible. And this is from that Bible, the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible. It is the totally legitimate King James uh, version, uh, but it's got this uh, 
It's got this these little footnotes. Anyway, this is from the text. This is actually from Romans, Romans 8.28. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So this can all work out. And you know what? You just you don't have to look far. You can look examples in your own life or in our nation's history. We had to go through that crummy Jimmy Carter to get to the Ronald Reagan presidency, didn't we? We had to put up with Obama to get to Trump. And there never would have been a President Trump if it hadn't been for Obama. You know, it's true. These things are often cyclical. And I think we're going to, they're all being exposed. Their lies, their corruption, quite frankly, at times they're evil. Joe Biden seems like an evil guy. That great big grin. And for a man of faith, he never speaks about it, other than bragging that he knows the Pope. Other than bragging that he knows the Pope and talking about Bo and talking about himself, the opportunity he has that he's squandering, because I don't think he's interested, to help people get closer to the Lord. No, it's not what it's about for him. I think it's about the clothes. I think it's about the riches. I think it's about keeping Hunter out of trouble. I think it's about, I don't know. Uh, it's not good, but something great can happen from things that are not good, from things that are even rotten. I think we're on the verge. All right. Be right back. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Hey, are you worried about crime in New York? Don't worry. Joe Biden is coming to town to meet with Eric Adams. Uh, now I'm really worried. Okay, I just, uh, what, what's this? I mean, I, I, man, I, now that McGruff crime dog doesn't sound like such a bad idea after all. What the hell is he coming here for? A photo op. So he'll be able to say that he did it. Hey, do me a favor. Find that soundbite that we use. We, we found it last. He gave a speech. And he talked about how police officers should not show up at dangerous situations. We really want just social workers to do that. Because in Joe's simple mind, cops just show up and start blasting everybody. You don't want to have the cops there. You know what, Joe? I don't want you here. Joe, you're a big part of the problem. You are a huge part of the problem. Now, let me see this. Did I... Did we talk to you about when Joe showed up at the George Floyd funeral? He sent a great big video for that thing. And he just went over the top pandering, over the top pandering when he said, I met George Floyd's daughter and she said, Daddy changed the world. And he did. He did. Um, I'm not blaming George Floyd for this. I wish he were still alive, even though he was a criminal and a deadbeat. Um, but that was not good. What happened in the aftermath of George Floyd? It was an overreaction and an overcorrection. George Floyd should be alive right now, and I'm and and Chauvin, the officer, should be paying some sort of penalty. Even though, let's face it, mob mentality kicked in real fast. Nobody ever wanted to talk about the autopsy results. The initial autopsy results said he did not die of asphyxiation, but had a lethal amount of fentanyl in him. With polit- when political pressure was applied, the second autopsy said that. 
Nobody wanted to talk about the ridiculous, and I do believe it's ridiculous, that the Minneapolis Police Department handbook had a maneuver in it to subdue a person by, in black and white, it said this, Minneapolis police, not me, placing the officer's knee on the neck. It was in their bloody patrol guide. Now, I didn't do that. You didn't do that. Somebody else did that. All right? Somebody in Minneapolis did that. We're just going to pretend, no, 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 we don't want to hear about any of that stuff. We're just having too much fun being indignant and self-righteous. And, oh, wow, this is a real, this is a moment for a power grab. This is a moment where Democrats can really flex some political muscle and shame people and make them feel guilty for things they had nothing to do with. That was just, that was just too juicy an opportunity, wasn't it, huh? Did you find that yet? All right. It's pretty wild. So Joe Biden says, uh, we, we used it last week, Joe Biden and the suicide. If uh, someone's about to jump off of a building, don't send the cops. You got to send social workers. Well, guess what? Social workers are not going to climb to the top of the Brooklyn Bridge to talk some guy out of it, nor should they. Do they have the training with ropes and pulleys and gear and helicopters? No. You got to get the emergency service unit guys to do that. Hey, guess what? Some of these jumpers... They, they decide to take somebody with them. They grab you. Some of them change their mind, thank God. But then what? Then they got scared real fast, and then they get desperate. They grab at things, and they can harm themselves. They can harm others. You can't just send somebody who went to, uh, I don't know, Columbia University for a year to get a degree in sociology. You can't do that. You need a cop. You need a highly trained person up there. Yeah, the cops just going to come and start shooting. You know, Joe, not all cops are as dumb as your hero, Michael Byrd. Yeah, the Capitol Hill cop that blasted Ashley Babbitt for no reason. Yeah, I showed you yesterday on the show. We have video that shows that she was trying to stop the violence. Some guy who was breaking the glass, she pushed him, she punched him, told him to stop doing that. Um, That's important. What do you guys think? Uh, Stu in Brooklyn, hi. Hey, good afternoon, Greg. Greg, I'm guessing that Biden is coming to try and talk Adams out of uh, trying to convince the legislature upstate to get rid of the no bail law. That is a big part of the Democratic Party's platform. And the upstate people are fighting hammer and tongue not to change the law. What do you think? That's interesting. That's interesting. I think, though, with most things in Washington, this is just about optics. I don't think they're coming to really apply pressure on Adams for much of anything. Joe wants to look decisive, wants to look like he's doing something. Uh, but you're right about the left. The left is totally into this uh, no-bail situation, and I don't see too many signs of that changing. So it's interesting, Stu. I think somebody might put that on his little uh, briefing card to tell uh to tell uh eric yeah interesting Stu. thank you for that by the way good point mike in st james hello hello greg uh thank you uh the the mayor says the drugs the the mayor says the guns in new york city are coming from outside if that's true they are being smuggled in what can the federal government possibly do to stop smuggling of guns into the city oh the iron pipeline we got to focus on the iron pipeline the iron pipeline we can ask congress for this that and the other thing the guns are already here as you know guns by the way uh, 
It's funny how they've been talking about this. It's like it's the gun's fault. And by the way, people are getting, it's not just guns. People are getting pushed. People are getting stabbed. Hey, Mike, are you breathing into the phone? Hello? Yes, I'll, okay. I'll stop. No, no, I hear you. Anyway, that's, uh, it's, look, this thing, a baby could have put this plan together. How are you, man? What is St. James, anyway? I hear about that town. I've never been to it. It sounds very prestigious. I know it's on Long Island. What is, what is it like? Well, it's a fairly quiet community uh, on the north shore of Long Island, part of Smithtown, about 50 miles from uh, Manhattan. All right. I love it, Mike. I have one, I have one other point. All right. How come there's no talk about restoring the uh, immunity? That's why. Because no one will bring it up. <laughs> Sorry. What? Oh, a qualified immunity. Yes. That yes. Is. The police will hesitate to act if they if they can be sued. No? Right. Right. Uh, yes. Now, number one, it wasn't. They weren't totally deprived of it by the city council. There's been some misreporting and there's been, quite frankly, some overselling and deception from the city council. Qualified immunity still exists. All right. Now, they did downgrade it and they moved one pot of uh, money to another. Uh, they, they, they did some little trickery to make it look like they did something to their constituents. Who, uh, But qualified immunity is still a thing. However... They have all kinds of new rules. They've criminalized so much of what police do that you can understand that they're less inclined to do anything, uh, to do less than before. But qualified immunity, they still have it, and uh, and that's good. Mike, i got to go. Uh, we do have to go, right? I'll be right back. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, I just checked with one of my law enforcement sources. So here in New York, all right, qualified immunity, yes, has been degraded by the city council for local cases in city court. That's a big, big, big deal. Uh, now, I thought that the federal government, where it's still honored, there's still qualified immunity in federal courts, would supersede that, but not necessarily. So... Uh, the guy in St. James is correct. More people have to be talking about that. And for what's his name to be the mayor at this point, he's the mayor. I'm a talk show host. Not bring that up in his silly 16 page plan. Gun violence only. Uh, something's up. This guy's not ready. And, and he's a de Blasio, de Blasio copycat. Shall we? One more time. Now, remember, the fake news has said, oh, this is an ambitious plan. Oh, this is so, wow, look at Eric Adams. His law enforcement experience is really kicking in. Now, you do remember that just a couple of weeks ago, we had the worst mayor in the world, the biggest joke, Bill de Blasio, right? Okay? He's copying all of his lame, stale, already-been-used ideas. Listen. We're going to involve every community, every precinct, and our state and federal partners This plan focuses on the three pieces that are crucial, our communities, our cops, our courts. We will start by putting more officers on patrol in key neighborhoods throughout the city. Ensuring that our cops are in the places we need them most intensely. So this is the top 100 blocks strategy. My administration will launch an unprecedented summer youth employment, youth and youth engagement program for summer 2022, as we know that gang violence and gun crimes spike in the summer months. The summer youth anti-violence employment effort. This has been an effort to ensure that young people who are at risk uh, get 
opportunities for summer youth employment get steered in the right direction. Our city's five district attorneys are critical partners in public safety efforts. And we are asking them to also consider the following actions. First, we ask that they triage gun charges to expedite the process. It would serve as a Uh. crucial step towards getting guns off our streets faster. We're launching the joint force to end gun violence. You get the idea? All of the different elements of the justice system, a variety of city agencies working together, again, focusing on that small number of people driving violence. (laughs) Old ideas. Focusing one by one on the strategies that will stop the violence. New paint job. And a particular focus. New paint job. (laughs) And you get a guy in a nice suit sounding off. Uh, Just in in the media, they they go for this. Ooh, he's a police officer. Ooh. Ooh. Where is that? Where is that? Where they're ooing and eyeing because Eric Adams. Ooh. Cut 39. The fact that Eric Adams was a cop for 22 years Ooh. really works very heavily in his favor. The public safety Ooh. thing has become a huge issue in New York. You have someone like Eric Adams, Ooh. a former cop, saying, focusing almost I shouldn't maybe not exclusively, but focusing heavily on that issue. He's got a whole different swagger. He's a former beat cop um, and ultimately a captain in the PD. For 22 years, I wore a bulletproof vest and stood on the street corners and protected children and families in the city of New York. Wow. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. All that experience. One guy. What a joke. What the hell are they going to talk about? Joe Biden and the other one. Hey, I got to talk about this real quick. Who watches the Real Housewives of uh, of wherever? Um, you know, I don't. They're a bunch of crazy lunatics. Uh, half of them are drunk. They're always kicking, fighting, yelling, screaming. It's profane. It's stupid. Uh, no wonder why it's one of the top shows in America. But uh, and it was invented by a guy named Andy Cohen, who's not an idiot by any means. Pretty savvy guy. But but they fired Jenny, Jenny Nguyen. Now Jenny is. Uh, a popular person on this show. They did a background check. Now, remember, half of that show, criminals. I mean, genuine criminals. People who have gone to jail. All right? Uh, Teresa, didn't she go to jail? The other one went to jail. Uh, someone, uh, Ten of them had been arrested for various things. Assault. One of them belted a police officer. What did she do? She said, back the blue. Uh, Jenny Nguyen put a bunch of... Uh, uh, posts on Facebook a couple of years ago, you know, hey, if, the, if, the, if this person had only complied with the police, he would not be dead and that kind of thing. And she went too far. She went too far in backing the blue. So they fired her. And Bravo is apologizing profusely for not doing their due diligence. It's a joke. Uh, the whole show is a joke, let's face it. Now, who do you like most on that show? Um... I can't even remember their names. I like Sonia, and I liked uh, uh, Bethany a little bit. Then she got her head got way too big. And there's one other from New Jersey. Uh, oh, what the hell was her name? It came out that she had a tape. You know what I mean? Very nice person, though. I've crossed paths with her. Uh, so this is just insanity. This is a weird, weird thing. But remember, everything... Everything can work. Everything will work for the greater good. And I'm excited. I am excited. Ooh, Abe is on the phone in Jackson, New Jersey, which I believe is the home of uh, Great Adventure, right? 
Yep, yep, it is. Can you see the roller coaster from your house? Nah, I wish I'm that close. I got to take a jog out there. So what's Jackson's up? Pretty big. Jackson's pretty big out there. Um, I have a, I'm, I'm, I have a question. You're a smart fellow. You know what's going on. Why is it that everyone is not looking at why we have members in our society that are okay with violence and they're okay with pursuing violence as, you know, regular means and, and why we're okay with no cash bail? Why, why, why are we overlooking the fact that we're not doing anything about not the violence but about the people? I don't think we're overlooking much of anything, pal. I mean, half the country is really upset about what's happening. I mean, we can't believe it. They're trying to dismantle society as we know it. And a lot of it is from this George Soros guy, this multi-billionaire, using our country as some sort of freak show laboratory for his own amusement. I don't get it, but I think a lot of people out there. Now, you do know, though, if the violence is from the left, somehow it's considered righteous. If the violence is in any way associated with uh, Trump or anybody who's a conservative, it's white supremacy, it's neo-Nazi, it's all that stuff, which it's not, by the way. Hey, I deplore violence, period. All right. I don't want to see it. Uh, but it's been totally distorted what's happening in this country. I don't agree, Abe. I think people are just dissecting this every single day. I, I'm not talking about us. I'm not talking about you and us that were on the battlefield. I'm talking about at a higher level. Why are we overlooking on a justice level? Why is the Justice Department overlooking this fact that you have a, you have a country that it's not the violence that they do; it's the the thought process that violence can be a me, can can be a means to use. So You're when, when somebody like. Um... Al Sharpton sits down, or somebody a bit smoother than Al Sharpton, let's say a Van Jones. When an African-American person who leans left, okay, and is very woke and part of that crowd, when they start saying things like no justice, no peace, it makes a lot of people, uh, white, black, whatever, uncomfortable. And then white liberals, wackos, adopt that same language, and it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. So they shut up. They don't push back. There's there's an intimidation factor going on here as well. So there's something very strange. People know better. I think they've been in, in kind of clever on the left. You know, one way to be safe from the mob is to join the mob. Know what I mean? To adopt that crazy, woke ideology. That's what some guy said in Hollywood. The only way to protect yourself in Hollywood these days from the woke mob is to go even more woke. Thanks, Abe. Bye. Ron in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Thanks for taking my call, Mr. Kelly. What Eric Adams didn't tell us that when he was 14 years old, he was in a gang called the Seven Crowns. And uh, he held items for the older guys. Now, items, we can only assume the items, CDS, weapons. Okay, so at some point he joins the police department. He's sworn in to protect and serve, detect and deter. But no, first chance he gets in the police department, he joins an avid, he, he co-founds an advocacy group called 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement to address police brutality and racial disparities in the police department. Now, that sounds like some internal affairs stuff. I think he's clueless because he had no idea of how to be a real cop. People are, cops aren't brutalizing people. They're getting brutalized by the quasi-humanoids out there, and they're protecting themselves. 
So he had no time to be a cop. That's why he's clueless, I believe, uh, Mr. Kelly. I think you're on to something. You're right. Look, organizations, big organizations can have advocacy groups, unions, uh, big groups can. I've seen it before. You've seen it before. Yes, discrimination. It happens. And there's a time and a place for that. I don't know if you do that day one on the job. Know what I mean? Day one, you're right. He joins this. He becomes a rabble rouser before he really knows the organization, knows what the mission is. And by the way, you mentioned when he get, got beat up uh, as a kid and he always blames the cops. He never really explains, like, what he did. Like, did he have an awakening? You know, you talk to Ben Carson. He'll talk about how he realized the error of his ways. Uh uh, you never hear that from Eric Adams, do you? You also don't hear that the fact that he said that two white cops pulled a gun on him when he was working undercover, but he didn't say why. Yeah, it's interesting, too. I think he was probably just thinking of the Serpico movie, and he, he copied that story. Hey, Ron, I appreciate it. Ron calling from Elizabeth. Uh, there's the music. I got to go. I'll be back in a couple of minutes. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Man, the fake news is losing its mind because they have something to talk about, and they're always desperate for something new to talk about, and uh, they will build their entire primetime lineup out of this. I will spend about uh, 45 seconds on it, and I'll do that right now. Justice Breyer, Stephen Breyer, is retiring from the Supreme Court. Uh, Biden and uh, Democrats have been pressuring this guy to retire for a long time because, well, he's 83 years old, and uh, they want to replace him, and they don't want to risk it, this guy making it to the Trump term, too. And by the way, did you hear Trump joke? I don't think he was joking, actually. Some guy says, hey, there's the 45th president of the United States. And he said, the 45th president and the 47th president. Thank you very much. <laughs> I like the way that sounds a lot. Anyway, uh, so Breyer is a liberal, Stephen Breyer, nominated by Bill Clinton. And uh, I met him once, and actually he was a nice man. Um, here's the news, though. Kamala Harris is going to take his job. Uh, that's what I'm hearing. All right. And I think there's uh, it sounds crazy. She's a vice president. What would she want with that? Well, she's failing at vice president. Everybody knows that this would be a very, well, not terribly graceful exit, but uh, it's an exit and it gives her a future still in politics, kind of. And uh, I mean, look, and this can't go on for much longer. I, this is not how vice presidents talk. The vice presidents don't go running around yelling at everybody that they're the vice president. Cut 30. I will repeat myself. And I'm vice president of the United States. But more important, I'm vice president of the United States. Anything that I handle is because it's a tough issue. And I'm vice president. And my name is Kamala Harris. I mean, look, talk about a chip on her shoulder. What's going on there? Uh, they're making her life very difficult inside the White House, and she's no walk in the park, you know, just by herself. She's mean to people, all kinds of reports about this going back many years. So she's a bit of a head case. And I have heard this, and I'm being serious here, that she may have a drug or alcohol problem. So vice presidency, fame, fortune. You know who said this? Uh, was it Alan Alda? Alan Alda said, whatever problems you have, being famous will make all of those problems worse. And um, that's interesting. Isn't it? Alan Alda, you know, uh, from MASH, great man, uh, great guy, and has a lot of interests and uh, uh, cross paths with him a couple of times, like him a lot. 
So, uh, and also Kamala Harris once did this to Joe Biden, and they don't like, well, I, you've heard it a million times before, yelling at, uh, we don't have to play that again. But here's a moment of Stephen Breyer uh, on the Colbert show. You'll, the first voice you hear is Colbert. Uh, Colbert sounds very womanly, by the way. I mean, literally, I thought it was a woman, but it's Stephen Colbert. Anyway, it's nice just to hear what Stephen Breyer sounds like. He's a very, very mild-mannered man. And uh, But the audience is just insane. Why would they react this way to the statement you're about to hear? Go ahead. What's it like to be a Supreme Court justice? Is it a good job? Yeah, it's a job. The biggest benefit of it, particularly as you get older, mm-hmm. uh, is that you take every minute of it very seriously. And it calls for you to put forth your best every single minute. Uh, they must have had the applause signs going like crazy. Why would they have pressed that button? What the, what the hell kind of reaction is that? Anyway, uh, he's retiring. I believe it will be Kamala Harris. And I put this on Twitter. I believe I'm the first one to come up with this theory. But it's more than a theory, all right? I'll leave it at that. Um, we'll see what happens. Oh, and... Eric Adams will be meeting with Joe Biden next week. Now, this sounds like a bad idea. And uh, Jen Psaki actually announced it yesterday. Where is that? Jen Psaki made an announcement that they had a big phone call. I don't think these two should be talking to each other. Do me a favor. Play that, please. Oh, shucks. Uh, All right. Take my word for it. They're going to meet next week. But here's why I don't think they should be meeting. Because Joe has a lot of goofy ideas. Eric is a goofball, doesn't know anything. And when he hears crap like this from the president, Eric is dumb enough to go out and make it happen. Uh, do that thing where uh, Biden's talking about who should show up when somebody's jumping off of a bridge. You just found that for me, right, a little while ago? Okay, go press play. Why is a police officer showing up to the suicide threat someone trying to jump off a building? We need more social workers there. Oh, boy, just stay home. Stay in the White House, okay? Just stay in the White House. You don't know what the hell you're doing. By the way, all these cops who do this kind of stuff, they've got that training. They do. But remember, dummy, since Joe's never done anything other than sat in a seat, literally. Guy's a senator since 29. Uh, What does he know about going up on the side of the Brooklyn Bridge, talking a guy down? What if that guy changes his mind? Then what? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. How do we get down, social worker? Yeah, no, you need an ESU cop, all right, with plenty of cables, ropes, special shoes, all kinds of things, devices. I don't know. I know a little bit about uh, – I had to do a little of this in the Marine Corps. I mean a little of it. I did not like it. Climbing up buildings from the outside, not for me. They actually gave us a test. They made us climb up a – picture a giant ladder that goes up about 150 feet, just a giant ladder. And one of the tests we had to do was climb up it and then come back down. It's actually in full metal jacket. A private pile gets to the top and he won't go over. And what's his name? Gunnery Sergeant Hartman is yelling at him. Get the, get the, get the F off my obstacle. Get off of my obstacle. Everything in the Marine Corps belonged to somebody. Even though it was the government's property, somebody was always claiming ownership. Some drill instructor. You're going to make my head squared away. You're going to make my Marine Corps corridor all squared away. Uh, not corridor. What do they call that? Uh, passageway. 
that's anyway, everything, somebody owned everything. Um, all right. Bottom line is this, uh, what were we talking about before then? Uh, Eric Adams and, uh, oh yeah, I had to climb that dumb uh, ladder and they did it just to see who would be scared or not. And every now and then there was a guy who was just too scared to do it or would freeze and shiver. I was kind of scared, but I did it. I went over and got through it. Going up the side of a bridge to get somebody is dangerous work. You can't let a social worker do it. A social worker doesn't want to do it. They don't have the training to do it. That's why we send the cops, Joe. Joe's going to come all the way up here on Air Force One to share ideas on law enforcement with Eric Adams. Dumb meets dumber. Unbelievable. Only in America, everybody. And by the way, let's talk about this. Let's face it. Our mayors in New York have been going downhill real fast. Why is that? I blame the fake news. I blame our sick media culture. There are so many good people out there. I saw Trump talk about this in an old interview from 2013. I'm going to play chunks of it tonight on the Newsmax show. He's talking to this Scottish golf player named uh, Faherty, I think. And he says, look, um, there are a lot of good people out there who would run for public office, but they don't want to undergo the scrutiny. Not that they've done anything bad, but, you know, the press, they're so dishonest. They hype things. They distort things. They write things that are not true. Why would why would a person with something to lose put themselves through that? And if you think about it, if you think about it, our last two mayors, de Blasio and now Adams, had nothing to lose. Everything to gain by becoming mayor, by being mayor, because they were nobodies before that. Nobodies. I mean, literally, nobodies. Well, wait a second. He was the Bronx Borough President, and that, in my, no. You know how many people worked for the Bronx Borough President? Four. Four. It's a no-show job, as proven by Eric Adams, who lived in New Jersey. How about public advocate of New York City? That was Bill de Blasio's position before becoming mayor. How many worked for that guy? Eighteen helping him write letters and scheduling media appearances as he pretends to be somebody. And before that, what was he? A councilman. Nothing. Nothing. I'm not saying everybody doesn't have value and worth, but do you think the talent of Bill de Blasio was such that he had something to offer 8 million people? Or Eric Adams, 8 million people. Now, Mike Bloomberg, I know he made a fool out of himself when he ran for president, and that soda thing was ridiculous, but he did a lot of great things for this city. Chiefly appointing Ray Kelly the police commissioner and not getting in his way for 12 years. You know, it's quite an achievement, actually. You know, Mike's got a big ego. We all do. Having a guy like Ray Ke- Anyway, I, I like Mike. And he did a lot of great things himself. And, yes, he let Ray Kelly run the police department, and I think they worked together very well. Bloomberg made $40 billion. Now, like it or not, that's how society keeps score these days. That's a lot of freaking money. He's doing something right. Before Mike Bloomberg, who was there, Rudy Giuliani. Now, Rudy Giuliani became a legendary federal prosecutor. I mean, (laughs) 
as far as prosecutors go, law enforcement types, lawyers, you got Elliot Ness, J. Edgar Hoover, and Giuliani. I mean, that's how big that name is, was Giuliani in the 80s. Do you know when he ran for mayor? It was actually, in many ways, even in my estimation, believe it or not, I thought it was a step down. A lot of us had asked, we wanted to see him in the Senate because we thought he could get to the presidency faster that way. Let's see, 1988, he came close to running. But in the end, he couldn't. There was some sort of dispute about who would replace him. And I think the motto somehow figured in. I don't remember it all. But I do remember when he did not run, I was disappointed. Might have been also a bad race. It would have been tough to beat Moynihan, but uh, I think he would have been great. So those were giants. And now we have these, what, what, de Blasio? Adams, what were they before they became mayor through some sort of fluke back door? Nothing. Donald Trump, world-class talent, skill. You know, I see, a, a, we showed this last night, a Joe Biden campaign sign. It just says Joe Biden, 1980s, right? Joe Biden. What does that represent? It represents nothing. It represents a name on a piece of paper. What does the name Trump represent? What do you do with that name Trump? You put it on the side of buildings. You put it on the side of airplanes. Because it means something. It stands for something. Everybody's worried about their brand now. You ever notice that? Their brand? People talk about their brand. Used to be that the brand was the last thing you had to worry about. The brand was the thing you put on the side of the cow, I think, right? To let everybody know whose cow that was. Literally, it was a brand. You put it in the fire. And then, did you burn it onto the cow? Something like that. Now, the brand is its just about the brand. It's just about the, 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 the thing. It's not about the product. It's about the brand. It's about the sticker. It's about the poster. It's just we've become so shallow. And uh, that's a shame, isn't it? All right. Let me regroup. Oh, it is time. All right. Just before I go, I will hear from uh, Gail in White Plains. What is it? Hey, Greg, let me be really fast. Since uh, I'll use Bill O'Reilly's words from the bombastic person in the morning spouting no. about Eric Adams. Yeah. We've heard. Greg, I hear you saying, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 Gail, I, I understand. I got a little note here that you don't want to talk about Eric Adams. Now, let me tell you why I'm talking about him. All right. See, he, he Eric, hold on a second, Gail, 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 hold on. What I'm doing is applying pressure that no one else is doing. You look at the you look at the news, even the conservative media, they're giving this guy points. Okay? Believe it or not, the pressure that we apply, we can see results. We're not going to get anything good from this guy from kissing his ass. All right, Gail. I'll I'll give you the last word as uh, as Bill O'Reilly used to say. You just mentioned him. What? I bet you, if you sat and talked with him honestly like that, maybe you could shake him up. Well, he knows where I am on the radio. He sees my Twitter. I'm happy to uh, talk to him if he wants to hear this in person. I'm not going to modify it. Um. So, but if he wants to be stroked and coddled and praised, he's got plenty of places to go. And so do you, for that matter, Gail. 
It's all over the place, you know, but that's not how we're going to get results. Um, I am very, very concerned. Now, Gail, I noticed you're in White Plains. I happen to live in the city. I happen to have a family here. Um, I happen to have bought property here recently. So I got a big stake in this thing, you know? So I want them to do well. And uh, like in the Marine Corps, you know, they didn't, uh, (laughs) it wasn't all flowers and puppies. You know what I mean? All right. I got to take a quick break. Gail, thanks for calling. I'll be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. A lot of people are asking me, well, wait a second. If uh, Kamala Harris goes to the Supreme Court, who becomes vice president and how does that happen? Well, uh, reviewing my schoolhouse rock, uh, let's see here. Uh, the Technically, the vice president of the United States would be, in the absence of a vice president, would be the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Yes, I know. that uh, That is mind-blowing. However, remember this, um, Joe Biden would appoint somebody. He'd nominate somebody for the vice presidency. This happened before. Richard Nixon probably happened a couple of other times. But Richard Nixon had to pick vice president. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Congressman Gerald Ford in 1973 he said, OK, this is the new VP, but he had to be confirmed by the House and the Senate. I think it was a simple majority. Gerald Ford had been around for a long time before for a few months. It was a speaker of the house. I think it was Alpert might've been his name. The speaker of the house was actually technically the vice president or I don't know the next in line for the presidency. So what does this all mean? I think, uh, uh, I think a couple of names I'm hearing. Yep. You ready? Can you handle this? I'm not saying I want it. I'm just saying that's what I'm hearing. Hillary. Hillary Clinton. Now, this is going to be complicated because it's going to really, really annoy uh, a lot of people. It's going to appease and please a lot of people, too, actually. Um, So that's what I think. I think it could go down that way. Some people say Pete Buttigieg. I don't think that's going to happen. Pete has um, limited appeal in certain uh, areas of the community. We'll leave it at that for now. So, uh, yes, Hillary, and she'll be one big, huge step closer to fulfilling that ambition of hers that have made so many people and so many people have paid a price for her ambition. All right, up oh, there's the music. Uh, give me a second. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Ed, do we still care about Justice Breyer? Uh, the only thing that's interesting is he's 83, he's liberal, Biden's going to appoint a liberal. It's, I think, going to be Kamala Harris. Could be wrong, but I think it could be her, and that's going to set off a whole tsunami of who knows what. One more thing. this uh, You want to hear what a Supreme Court justice sounds like? Sounds like a normal person. A bit more gentle, actually, if you ask me. I've heard him speak before. And he sounds like this. He's fine, by the way. You're about to hear him. You First you hear Stephen Colbert, who sounds just like a woman. I'm sorry. He sounds so womanly. And then uh, I mean, and then he asks the question. And then listen to what the audience, how they react to this pretty mundane uh, statement. What's it like to be a Supreme Court justice? Is it a good job? Yeah, it's a job. The biggest benefit of it 
particularly as you get older, mm -hmm. uh, is that you take every minute of it very seriously, and it calls for you to put forth your best every single minute. What is up with that audience? Now, people from all over the world come to sit in the audience. Are they all left-leaning nutjobs? That is just the strangest thing. He said something totally ordinary. Uh, I don't particularly get it. Wait, what else did I want to tell you? Oh, yes. Um, so far, 2022, New Year's resolutions. Don't think of it as a New Year's resolution. You can do what I do, actually, and it's working, all right? It's not perfect, but it's working so far. Number one, first thing. And this has changed my life, all right? I've been working on it for a while, but I'm pretty much perfecting it. Perfecting it, it might be a stretch. First thing in the morning, all right, when you get up, uh, number one, if you feel good, notice it. Notice that you feel good. We always notice that we have a pain in our arm and our foot. This hurts, that hurts, hurts, and it bothers us, and we complain about it. Maybe we see a doctor about it, and that's all fine. But we don't notice it when we feel great. Often we don't. Anyway, maybe I'm not that good at that. I'm getting better. The other thing is I don't grab that stupid telephone. All right? I wait. I don't care who's texting. I don't care what the headline of the New York Post is. Well, I care, but I, it can wait. You want to see what's going on in the world, in the corrupt, silly, stupid world? It'll be there. It'll be there. It'll be there. It, it can wait. I really, really think it's a fantastic thing for me when I get into that Word of God, the Bible itself, spend a couple of pages reading and uh, thinking and meditating, and it's a way God communicates with us, and then you'll start seeing all kinds of amazing things happen, and it won't just be when you're reading a book that he talks to you. It'll be other times, and it'll be so uh, so obvious it's almost funny. It's like the master of the universe, the guy who created the moons of Jupiter <laughs> and galaxies a trillion, billion, quintillion light years away, also knows that I'm sitting here right now talking to you, doodling on a piece of paper. And he knows it all. He knows what you did. He loves you anyway. <laughs> he really does. It's, I used to think, uh-oh, did I do something that really made him mad? Is that why I'm going through this tough time? The answer was he was just trying to get my attention. And by the way, discipline is part of it. If you have a father, he doesn't just let you do whatever you want, right? Or mother, you got to provide a little bit of structure and discipline. Yes, you can go off and do whatever the hell you want to do. You can blow off your parents. I'm talking about your earthly parents. They'll still love you. Um, but It'll be a disappointment. Why not get on the same page as him, capital H? I hope this makes sense. It really has uh, changed everything for me. So much. So much. Uh, what do you guys think? Is it time? Uh... Larry in Brooklyn. Hello. Okay. I wanted to talk about Adams. Okay. I, I agree with you 100%. This is going to be the same thing as carbon copy of de Blasio. That's number one. Mm. I agree with everything you said. Now, stop and frisk was the court said it was legal. 
All you had to do when I was on the job, after you stopped and frisked a person, you fill out, it was called a 250, okay? So now, if you don't stop and frisk, crime is still going to be going on. Now, the third thing i like to say to you is deadly physical force. Miss Pabbitt was killed with deadly physical force when this cop killed her. He actually killed her. And I want to know from you, since you have a lot of connections, what happened to this guy that actually shot her? Because his life was not in danger. Well, it's yeah, it's no secret what happened to her. I mean, what happened to him? Lieutenant Michael Byrd, they gave him a gold medal. He never missed a paycheck. He wasn't suspended. He wasn't punished or disciplined in any way. And he still works there. It's insane. It is total, total, actually, insanity. No sense whatsoever. As President Trump has said, if the situation were somehow reversed racially, they would have given uh, that individual the electric chair. It makes no sense whatsoever. But it's a matter of record. Uh, You can look at that Lester Holt interview. He's out there. He's giving interviews. He's uh, raising money, GoFundMe, and uh, all kinds of things. I'll tell you, I think personally he should be brought up on charges because even as a New York City police officer, retired, we go by the procedure. You know, you can't use deadly physical force unless it's uh, used against you. And I assure you there had to be other police officers next to him that didn't use deadly physical force. And I'd like to know who is the one that said he could walk away from this. There has to be somebody that said that he is not being uh, prosecuted. That's the person that should be held responsible. It's more than one person. It's the entire system. It's the entire, well, number one, the Justice Department, the Attorney General, the President, the Capitol Hill Police Chief, uh, the Congressional Black Caucus, actually Democrats in Congress, Republicans in Congress. You'll notice, if you watch carefully, no one's still talking about Ashley Babbitt. There's me... There are like two other people in the entire country in, in, in media who have been banging this drum and who won't let it go. I was privileged to have Aaron Babbitt on my show last night, Ashley's husband, late Ashley Babbitt's husband. So uh, I'm not letting this thing go. It wasn't just one guy. I can guarantee you that. No, number one, nobody has the guts to, make, to go out on the limb. So they, 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 th- this was a decision by committee, a pathetic decision by committee. Uh, Larry, thank you. Uh, yes, it was on last night. It was good, uh, Aaron. You guys got to check out that Newsmax show. It is, I'm very proud of it. It's a little gem. It's different from this. It has a bit more, uh, it's just different. It's TV, not radio, but it's uh, It's great. I'm proud of it. Oh, Gail in Staten Island. Yes, hi. Yeah, good afternoon, Greg. You know, our country this last year uh, removed, erected statues. Um, I feel these young men and women that decide to get up and to go to work every day in the police force. They don't do it to be called heroes. How befitting it would be to erect a memorial in front of the address in Harlem at 135th Street, right between Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Boulevard and Malcolm X Boulevard. You know, that's a beautiful idea. That's a beautiful idea. You know what they're going to do, though? They're going to want to put a statue of the guy who was shot as well. There's a councilwoman up there who's already making noise about that. They want to honor the man who was uh, who, who killed those cops. They want to honor the shooter who was ultimately killed himself. She's, I think, the same one who called the NYPD a gang, the worst gang in New York, just a couple of weeks ago. 
It's a great idea, Gail. Uh, we'll see. I don't know if uh, you never know. You never know, Gail. Thank you for that. Uh, let's see. Oh, Bill is on the phone in. Uh, where is Manchester again, Bill? Manchester, New Jersey. Hi, Craig. Keep up the good work. I I just want to touch on on one thing. A number of months ago, I spoke to you about. Hey, real quick though, where is Manchester, New Jersey? Where is that? Uh, it's west of uh, Tom's River and uh, east of McGuire oh, Airport. Still, oh, that okay. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, pal. Okay, real quick. Uh, we have friends that migrated here from Mexico. They became U.S. citizens in '96. They have relatives in Mexico who they converse with all the time. You cannot believe, when I hear these people talking about what's happening at the border, the men and women that are coming into this country right now, the vast majority of them are being handpicked, selected to come in here to do us injustice. They're not here to uh, do the good things for us. Handpicked by whom? Handpicked by whom? Uh, The people in Mexico. The, they're they're going out of their way to get the MS-13, the cartels, a certain percentage of those males that are coming in here aren't here on work visas trying to do the good things. They're trying to bring down our country ultimately down. The compounding effect of this going forward, you look at 1.7 million, let's say 30 or 40 percent of them don't have the, the goodness in their mind to to understand what's going on into the United States. The compounding of that fact year after year after year is starting to manifest itself. And people better understand, they better get a grip on that border truly. Yeah. And they better get a grip on what's being taught to our kids in schools. Yep. Ask your kids and grandkids what they're being taught in history. You'll be shocked. I do it all the time. You sh- ask your people re- religiously, sit down and ask them what Bill, they're Bill, I know. I, I, we've, I don't know if you've seen the Newsmax show. We've touched on this issue from time to time. But you're right. Uh, you're totally right. And uh, I, I wonder if the Democrats could... Uh, if they knew that everybody coming in, uh, I don't think they're worried that they're MS-13, but they're unvaccinated. Would that get their attention? But, no, you're right. If we don't get a handle on this border situation, we will not have a country. It's true. Uh, all right. Mike in Newburgh. Yes, sir. Hi, Greg. How are you? Um, I, this whole bail reform thing is really troubling. Uh, Andrea Cousins-Stewart, or Stewart Cousins, that's the, um, yeah, the, know, the state the, senator, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I heard her speaking about this. Now, she, I, I, I kind of understand where she's coming from. I don't agree with her totally, but she's saying, well, you know, people with no means, they can't post bail, so, you know, compared to a hedge fund guy or whatever. So I'm thinking, why not reform this whole bail thing, still have cash bail, but also have something of the equivalent of cash bail, which, which a person with no money, the one thing that has value is your freedom. So I think instead of saying, hey, it's $1,000 bail, or you stake 30 days of your life in jail if you if we release you and you cause trouble again or you don't show up or whatever, and you make it mandatory, you make it non non negotiable. That's on top of any sentence you would get. So find an alternate to cash that that could be used as currency, if you will, to uh, to keep these guys in line. You know. Well, they did the crime once to go to jail. You're saying if they know they're going to get an automatic 30 days if they do something else, they'll. Definitely go back to. I mean, it's supposed to work that way. You're supposed to go to jail when you do something wrong. Automatically, kind of, right? Right, but you're releasing these people, All right. like, Kind of on good faith, and here's yeah. The way no, look, I think no. I, look, I think you got to have cash. Uh, I think money's got to be involved. Uh, 
I, I do. I, I, you know, law, <laughs> the penal system isn't perfect except for all the solutions, <laughs> uh, so-called solutions. Uh, I don't know, Mike, do me a favor. Put that in writing. Send us an email, and uh, let's flesh that out and send it to uh, Andrea Cousins-Stewart or Andrea Stewart-Cousins. You're right about that. That's always confused me as well. Joe in Long Island, yes. Hey, Greg, it's good to talk to you. You know, Greg, my father was with the NYPD from 1954 to 1974, and if he were alive today, he'd be so upset. He wouldn't even recognize what the heck is going on. But, you know, Greg, the other day with the two-hero police officer, you know, the mother calls 911 and tells the dispatcher, you know, my son and I had an argument. She knew her son had guns in that bedroom with the door closed. She had an obligation to protect those police officers and tell the dispatcher hey, Joe. he's Hey, armed. Joe. Hey, Joe. Uh, I don't know that. I honestly don't know that. I don't know if you know that either. I don't know. I mean... I hit a lot of stuff from uh, my parents, quite frankly, not guns, but certain items. Joe, I mean, I don't know. And I, apparently guns came up in the household before, and the official rule was no guns in the house. You know, no ball in the house. Well, for th- in this house, it was no guns in the house. But, Joe, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hear you about your what your dad would have been going through and stuff. I just don't know that about the mother. i got to be honest. I don't think you do either. I don't think we, that's been established. Uh. I, I just can't, uh, I can't, uh, can't do that. All right, so uh, I am going to, yes, I got to get pumped up for the 7 o'clock show. And uh, this little tidbit I gave you guys is go, is taking off all over the place. They're talking about it everywhere. Kamala Harris, next justice on the Supreme Court as a way out of this ridiculous sham of a vice presidency. Be right back. Hey, a lot going on in the world. Did you see? It's pretty, it's it's kind of astonishing. I didn't think too much of it at first, but Joe Biden, on a Tuesday afternoon in January, the middle of a workday, went to an ice cream parlor and got himself a big old stupid double chocolate cone. Uh, he wasn't with his grandkids. He wasn't uh, with uh, Ashley, his daughter, or Hunter, who I have a feeling would not have been up for an ice cream run, maybe a different kind of run, but anyway. He goes to the ice cream parlor and he he comes out with the ice cream and he holds it up the way a four-year-old kid would. You know, look at this. I got ice cream. He holds it up like the Statue of Liberty. Look at me. I've got ice cream and it's Tuesday and it's January and it's freezing cold. But I have ice cream and I got to be back at the office or at least I should be. The guy's doing nothing. That's a little bit. Sometimes people make a little bit too much of that. The presidency, depending upon the president. They don't do as much as you think. They're not exactly running the country. Now, Trump was all over everything all the time. Uh, Biden, no. You're just kind of nudging the bureaucracy a little bit. You know, leading leading is hard. You get red in the face. you got to shout sometimes. you got to kick ass internally, externally. But Joe, Joe's just interested in being president. Now I hear every now and then he wants to be the most consequential president in history, liberal president. And that's why he's signing all this crazy junk he the old joe biden would have known it was crazy junk maybe not but he just wants to be a big shot he just wants to be like fdr he wants to be more significant than obama who he secretly i think hates because obama wouldn't you probably imagine if uh you were working at a company let's see how long was joe biden working for the federal government 36 years 36 years he's slaving away and then the 
they decide to promote a guy to the very to the CEO job who got there four years ago. You got there thirty six years ago. They make the guy who got there four years ago. They make him the boss, and they make him your boss. Uh, I don't care how big Barack Obama's smile is. I think that's gonna. I don't think. I don't think Joe is cool with that, and he wants to be a bigger deal than Obama. You see, you should have. Uh, you should have picked me in two thousand eight. He's a little bit bitter because he would have had more fun if he were president in 2008. You know, younger, um, could have just enjoyed it more. Now now it's pathetic and everybody knows it. All right, I got to get ready for the show across the street. In the meantime, real quick, Tony in uh, Bergen County, New Jersey. Hi. Hi, Greg. How you doing? I'm sorry, uh, you know, it, it took so long to get back to you on this. But um, I just want to make a point. A couple of years ago, well, during Obama's presidency, uh, while Rahm Emanuel was one of his, his top men, they, um, they ATF got in touch with them and said that we have an, an enormous amount of people that are buying guns that uh, want to sell them or take them into Mexico. And if I'm correct... Is this the Fast and Furious it, thing? Fast and Furious. Uh, correct. Correct. They allow these weapons to go into Mexico because they wanted to monitor the movement of these guns. Now, is anybody recording the serial number of these guns when they are finally confiscated to see if they are being transported back into the United States to actually kill our cops? I'd like to know. Mm, yeah, me too. I mean, hey, we got a Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Uh, I'll, I'll check with them. Actually, I'll check with my dad. He uh, he actually had the ATF report to them, uh, ATF Secret Service and Customs. Uh, Tony, thank you. I don't know. It's a good question. Agnes in Jersey. Yes. I think this whole thing with uh, Kamala Harris is just a chessboard move to get rid of Biden. They have to get rid of Kamala first in order to get rid of Biden. And then you slip Hillary in. The only way she's going to get to be president. She can't get elected. Uh, yes, I am not going to dismiss what you just said at all. You, you, you remind me there's another chess piece here, another move. So you're with me on the Supreme Court thing. You think it's going to happen that way, right? Uh, yeah, I, I wish somebody would. Re- I, I hate to see her go on the Supreme Court, but I think that's what it's all lined up for. Well, don't worry. She can't do any harm there. I mean, she's replace, replacing a liberal, uh, Justice Breyer. I, uh, I, you know what, uh, Agnes? I think you're right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is that the music? Shoot. Uh, I got to run. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh Paula, John, Judy, Jim, uh, the rest of you guys, thank you very much for supporting the show. I will see you tonight on Newsmax at 7 o'clock. Remember, it could happen. Could be a disaster. Kamala on the Supreme Court. Be right. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow.